Oh, hey there, travelers. Welcome back. Sorry we weren't here on the holidays. We were having a little bit of issues trying to get that door open. Someone broke in here, drank some of our hot chocolate, and left. Nothing was really stolen other than that, which is weird, but... I don't know. Anyways, welcome back, travelers. Wayover's just over there. Oh, greetings there, travelers. It's me, Wingover Gimbal, famous name, Bad. How y'all doing today? <laughs> well, that's good. Always glad to hear it. I mean, if you didn't say good, I, you know I can't hear you. I just hope everything's well, though. Oh, for me, things are pretty good. The holidays were a nice, relaxing time. I just, I tried to really take some time for myself, you know, get my rest on, and now I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good and energized. Uh, travelers, this tale today is a bit of a shorter one, but very, very important. I just have to mention, uh, we have some people coming in uh, that will do a, a few other voices for for the the conclusion of of this arc, but um, it's it's taking us a little bit of time. So unfortunately, the next episode will have a tiny bit of a delay. But don't worry, we're hoping to get it to you this month. So please be patient and bear with us. It will be good. Now. Where was I? Oh, yes. Oh, so, travelers, we got a little bit of fan mail. It's been a little bit since we had one of these, and I am excited to hop on to it. This one is... The Lucas and the crew are wonderful! Exclamation mark! Five stars! If you are looking for a great D&D podcast, check out Ballad. Lucas weaves a tale so fun and dark and interesting... You'll keep coming back for more! Exclamation mark! And that was from Jfish2013 from the United States of America. Thank you so much, Jfish. I, I hope your pond or ocean or wherever it is you've been swimming uh, continues to be wonderful. And Travers, of course, you know we have real battle bads here, but don't worry, we'll, we'll get around. Oh, oh, they're already here. Jeez, I thought maybe I. Hello? What? What? Hello. How are you? Good. What are you? I thought it was obvious. I'm a nutcracker. <laughs> yeah, but Christmas is done! You're so late! There was a whole Christmas tale. Plastic Tim Allen Santa Claus, did you... Where were you? What? No, it's... It is still December. No! We left that godforsaken year behind us. No, no, it's just all December. Shit. Well, um, I'm here to tell you about BattleBars.com. Head on over there for amazing sound effects. Uh, I assure you, when you go there, they won't be late. <laughs> I, uh, I am made out of wood, and I got stuck and frozen yeah, in a small puddle, unfortunately. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, honestly, but, like, you're, you're super late. It's, it's like, you're over a week late. Like, that's a long time to be frozen in a puddle. I guess you can go warm your wooden bones over there by the fire. Don't go too close, though, because last thing we need is a big fire, honestly. We've had so many incidents at this inn. Oh, sorry about that, Travelers. You're probably really wanting a nutcracker for the Christmas story, but sorry, we didn't have that this time. Maybe next time there'll be some nutcrackers. But Travelers, yes, as I was saying, today is a very, 
very interesting episode for today. Our heroes meet the king in yellow. And that's pretty exciting if you ask me because like, oh my god, that's where they're getting the powers from. Whoa, that's where the chosen uh, with these symbols are originating from. So pretty interesting stuff. Uh, so let's hop on into this tale. I present to thee the king in yellow part three. Hey, I'm Bright, and I'm playing Kalsar, the Tiefling Paladin and Chosen of Yetitha. Hi, uh, I'm Humberto, and I'm playing Bordon, Dwarven Cleric and Chosen of Time. I'm Evan, and I'm playing Ronnie, the Half-Elf Bard and Chosen of Chaos. Hey, I'm Robert, and I'm playing MZ, the Gith Yankee Ranger and Chosen Hey, I'm Jason, and I'll be playing Draxir, the Dragonborn Artificer and Chosen of Machines. Previously on Battle of the Seven Dice, our healers had just finished attending the strangest play that many people have been claiming is completely normal. Roddy had managed to break through the boundaries of this play, following through an almost multiverse and winding up at the King in Yellow's throne. The rest of the party had travelled through something that seemed almost like a dream, as if they were walking through someone else's memories. And after they reached the end of this dream, they too also finally ended up at this being's throne room. Looking over, they saw a being who was hundreds of feet tall sitting on a large stone throne, wearing golden tattered robes with a crown that was glowing and floating above their head. And whenever they spoke, it reverberated throughout your entire body. As you all look up in awe and you, you sort of gaze over, you see Ronnie is covered in blood. He has like cuts all over him and it, he was holding out his hand. It looks like he's about to cast a spell, which we will resolve in just a second. And as you all walk in, you hear this voice. It like booms in the area and echoes through your minds. Welcome, my subjects. At last we meet. I, I am Haster, your... Benefactor and King. There are a few things I want to discuss with you, but first, please take a seat. And then, Ronnie, you cast Charm Person. All right. Uh, so, because that's what you said at the very end is like, I cast Charm Person. <laughs> Sweet. Does it work? <laughs> no. So you see Ronnie oh. hold out his hand and cast this spell. You all can see as this magic is, like, rippling out from him. You generally can't see a lot of Ronnie's magic or really much of anybody's unless they're doing, like, a showy spell or explosive. You actually watch the energy flow out of him towards this king, and then it just kind of, like, parts ways around him and dissipates into nothingness. And you all see 
uh, a seat appears behind each of you. There's this red chair that forms behind MZ. It's very refined. There's actually gems that are encrusted along the arms of it. There is a really gaudy-looking glittery throne that comes up behind Ronnie, and it's all, like, neon colors. (laughs) There is this beautiful dwarven throne that comes up behind Borodon, and it has these, like, uh, insignias you can tell, like, what they used to have in Mons Ragnum, and it's, like, this sturdy chair that looks like it's built perfectly for you. And behind you, Draxir, it's like this mechanical-looking throne comes up, and you see all these pieces sort of, like, come and start clicking together and whirling. You see these gears are spinning on the sides of it and the back of it. And Kelsar, what you see is first this throne of cerulean blue flame appears behind you, and then it twists, and then it's half, like, this black energy and half this white energy, and it just seems to continuously shift between the two. So I sit on my throne. Yeah, it's comfortable. It it feels like absolutely perfect. Stare down. I look down at the being in front of me. Just see how incredibly powerful he is. And knowing that I stand no chance against him, I'm not going to resist or anything. I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to inspect the chair to make sure that it's like actually can be sat on because there's like spinning gears and stuff. It's not like the seat spinning or anything. The seat looks fine. And the, the back looks fine, but you see there's a lot of gears that are going, and it doesn't look like a very <laughs> structurally sound chair. And you see there's even a spot for, like, your tail to go through so that you're comfortable. I will carefully sit down on the chair. Yeah, it seems to hold your weight, no problem. I'll sit down in my throne as well. It looks like it would be wet, MZ. It has, like, this glisten to it, but as you sit down, it's perfectly dry. Ronnie, there's an absolutely gaudy, horrible chair behind you. That <laughs> yeah, but I'm just standing. I'm just standing. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna lean on it. All right. So you're like, are you leaning on the back, like just kind of over top of it, like it's a '90s special? No, leaning on the side. Leaning on the side. Okay. I'm fucking hurting. I got. I just took <laughs> yeah, some right. points of damage. Uh, <laughs> fell right on my ass. Yeah. I'm gonna cast cure wounds on Ronnie because he's an idiot. Sure. Kelsar, as you cast this spell, what's the maximum amount your cure wounds could be? Uh, let's see. D8. Plus three. So, Ronnie, you get 11 hit points back. I just let out, like, a big sigh, like... Uh, and I l- l- raise my hand up to heal him. Yeah, and this this energy just, like, pours through you, and, like, it was far more than you were expecting, usually when you release a spell. Like the... Ben Affleck meme where he's standing on the porch smoking just <laughs> <laughs> so as he he looks and you all seem like you're as comfortable as can be and he says welcome to my domain welcome to Carcosa I had to bring you here through that memory because that was the only way to bring anyone to my domain. The only way to enter Carcosa is when Carcosa consumes a place. That or a large ritual sacrifice, but I didn't really want to do that. How very kind of you. I assume many questions are spinning through your mortal brains. 
There is a rule of this throne room, one I cannot even break. You may ask only two questions each to this throne, and I can give you the answer. This question could be anything. The answer might not be what you want it to be, but I will not lie. Is, uh, is me asking who wants to go first going to count as one of my questions? <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's just a dead silence. Like, there's not even, like, a, the atmospheric sound of the room. It's just... <laughs> okay, how about this? We each roll a d20, and whoever has the lowest has to go first. Okay. <laughs> Nobody wants to go first. We're rolling reverse question initiative. Yeah. Back out of four. <laughs> I uh I got twelve. Ha! <laughs> you had a one, Robert? No, I got a natural twenty on uh <laughs> roll twenty. Got an eight. I'm sorry, I got nine. Ugh. So different. Draxir, you're up first. So you see these markings appear in front of you, each of you. It's like Roman numerals. So it just there's a two in front of each of you, just floating. I'm gonna kind of sit and ponder for a minute. I'll stroke my my tendrils, and I'll ask, "What has to happen for all of us to go home again for good?" In order for you to go home for good. You must make sure that Azathoth is lulled back into a slumber. I will tell you how to do this afterwards. Thank you. And you see just one of the one of the eyes disappears in front of you. Ronnie, you got a question? No. No questions. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. Hmm? What's he gonna tell me? Oh, I thought you were gonna ask about uh, the other Ronnies. Uh, yeah, I considered that. I don't know. Uh, okay. I can ask. I can ask him one of those. Um, I want to find another Ronnie. Where is one? The last remaining other Ronnie is located in the city of Waterdeep, in the castle section. Okay. Are you doing both questions? Uh, you can if you want, or else I can just move on to Boredom. Because I think Drax here just asked one so far. Uh... Alright, so uh, he can't he can't lie, but does he know I guess he knows everything, right? Seems to. Alright, cool. So uh, <laughs> a train leaves oh, Waterdeep at ten AM going six five miles an hour. And another train <laughs> leaves Baldur's Gate going forty miles an hour. <laughs> Where do they meet? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> 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 hmm, so we want to spy we want to find the average uh, speed formula 5 miles an hour, 40 arrows a mile where do they meet? are you seriously fucking doing like a textbook like great like freaking <laughs> middle school question? Fuck. they're going opposite directions? how far apart are they? to start <laughs> and get that part? Fuck <laughs> off. Uh, it was Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate. Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate are like. Uh, oh, actually, I have a thing right here. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. They're about 500 miles apart. 
So they're going 48 miles an hour and 5 miles an hour? 40 and 50? So you take 40 and 50. 500 divided by 90. And that gives you the time when they meet. <laughs> Fuck, I need a calculator. <laughs> I'm going to wait till you solve this because I don't fucking know. They're supposed to know everything. <laughs> Just give, yeah, you're supposed just to give some random, Hi, uh, easy. <laughs> give some random longitude coordinates or something. That's 5.56 hours. That's that, yeah. There's oh, a, actually, I got a I got a name for a place if it's that. 5.56 hours times like <laughs> one of so their saying... speeds in the direction they were going. Okay. You just see the the king in yellow. He's just like I don't fucking know, dude. I, I'm math was. <laughs> Yeah, the king in yellow takes out a calculator. Oh, so, so you ask this question, and he tells you they will meet at the troll hills. Are you sure? That's a third question. Yes. You can't ask. Sweet, I got three questions in. Oh, sorry. When you say "Are you sure?", you all watch as Ronnie's uh, his mouth it just like his lips become blistered, and uh, he takes ten points of damage. All right. And we go to uh, Borodon. If I want to find Yolanda, how can I do it? You would have to hire an airship. You would have to befriend golden dragons around a forgotten valley. Travel through there and sneak in to where Doran's hiding. And take Yolanda out of the prison. That's a good bit of info. So, can you please send me that, like, <laughs> written down? Because... Well, we're, we're recording this, Afterwards. so I'll, I'll get it back to you. <laughs> From Bordon, it goes to Kelsar. Is there a way to stop Yeg... Yeg... Possession. Oh, God, it hurts. Yes. You can do this if you go home. Alright, I need to think about my next question. And MC. Even if we try to be sly and there's sort of two questions in there, it counts as two, even if there's only one question mark? <laughs> yeah. Because almost all my questions that I've been thinking of were like, I was like, I'm gonna fuck Lucas over and get four questions. Listen, this ancient <laughs> being that's existed before time isn't gonna, like, kill himself over, like, fuck, there's only one question mark. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he could just erase us if he wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, ask him Ask him how to kill him. Oh, no, you just lost your, like, second question. Asking about trains. <laughs> you could have asked that. <laughs> <laughs> it's way oh, yeah. better to ask about trains. Oh, thank God we brought Jason in. Though. I would not have known the answer for that question. <laughs> I figured you wouldn't. I'm just gonna ask two at once. Sure. How can I save my people from the Queen while defeating Matthews and Dorham? Uh, thanks, MC. I was gonna ask that question next, so that saves up something. <laughs> if you defeat. Matthews and Doran, I will grant you an army to liberate your people. This army will be resistant to the Queen's magic. You will overtake her and her undead forces in less than a day. Damn! A pretty sweet deal, MC. Drax here. 
can you grant us someone to be our strategic advisor in this war? I already have. <clears throat> he holds open his hand and it like comes down. It just keeps going until it's like damn near in front of your eyes' faces. And you could see you're maybe the size of like half of its fingernail, this blackened fingernail reaching out this gray clammy hand. And you see this image appears, and uh, you see there is Astoria, an image of her. Although her life hangs in balance. After these questions, I will offer you something, if you wish it. Though there will be a price. Understood. And it goes to Bordon. So I want to bury my father in Mon Regnum. And when the time comes, I would also uh, like to be laid to rest there, like all of our ancestors. But for me to do that, I need to remove this parasite off my arm, so when I die, I won't become a mindless, bloodthirsty killing machine. How can I break this curse? How can I remove this parasite? If you defeat Dorm and Matthews and save all things, I will remove this parasite when I send you home, if that is what you wish. And, uh, Kelsar. Can you grant me the power to kill Matthews and Durham? Let's say already have. <laughs> Three, two... I already have. <laughs> Come on! Boo! You... You must find a way to enhance your abilities. Speak to your advisor. And she should be able to help you with this. Thank you. Bird on time travel. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Uh, MZ, last question. Damn, there's, so, there's quite a few things I want to ask. It's tough. Um, there's a lot of things I want to say. I have, I have uh, 14 answers here, just in case you ask them. So far, you guys have asked one. One. So. Yeah. <laughs> was it the train one? Yeah, that was it. That was the one. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I guess I'll just ask one question that I think we all want to know. How exactly are Matthews and Dorham killed? Matthews has the potential to be weakened by your actions in the future. The whether you go forward with this is up to you. All I will say is when you see the pool, step in it. In all different timelines, you will always meet Dorum on that castle. And you will fight to the death. It will be a battle of wills and your combat expertise. But Dorum is not immortal. That's reassuring. So you see, he has his hand still extended out to all of you. And on one part of this massive hand, you see all these like glowing figures that look to be all the people who passed away in the village of Welshire. And then on another part of his hand, he has just sitting there is an image of Astoria. First, he like sort of shifts his hand so the people of Welshire 
in front of you. You see uh, the innkeeper, Hilda. You see Bernard Busybody, uh, Holly Tolly, a lot of the these other like random bar patrons, some people that were around the uh, the church. I can bring these people back, but it will require one of your lives. Do you desire this? Take mine. This pedestal appears, and there's just a, a spot for you to place your hand. Uh, your left hand. Whoever wants to do it. Go ahead, Kelser. Okay. I mean, I can't, I can't bring you back to life, so I mean... <laughs> I don't think that's going to work. That's not hard on. All right, so Kelsar, do you step up to this pedestal and put your hand in? I'll do it. I screwed up so many times, and so many people died during this mission. I only do one good thing in my life. Bring back a lot of innocent lives. So Kelsar, your left hand fits perfectly onto this pedestal. You feel all these tiny needles stab into your hand. This pain goes up your body. You see the blue flames light over Kelsar's eyes, his horn, his tail. And you watch as the symbol just creeps up his arm all the way up to his shoulder. And it's sort of like poking through a bit under his shirt. And Kelsar, for just a moment, everything is completely gone. You're standing in this this blank, black space. And you remember MZ describing to you what happened when he was standing there. But then the space kind of shifts and turns a little bit, and you find yourself back in your grandmother's house. And she's sitting down at the table. You're sitting across from her. Your hands are around this cup of tea. She's looking at you. I'm very proud of you, Kelsar. You've made such a noble sacrifice for people you barely even know. just wanted to do what was right. I thought Yagditha was going to stop me, though. But he didn't. What is that? Yagditha doesn't have any power there. Um, I met with the... I met with the king in yellow before I died. He said that for me to stop Yagditha, I have to go home. Does that mean where our family is? Yes. Yes. You, you know how to get there? You can make it there, Kelsar. And she slides forward this map to you. This will bring you home. You can go there by yourself, with your friends. It's up to you. Thank you. Kelsar, there is a cost for what you've done. I know. I just wanted to do something right for once. She puts her hand on your hand, and you feel this energy flowing through you. And right now, you have a choice. You can take one off of your intelligence, one off of your wisdom, or one off your charisma. One off my wisdom. So you feel this thing on your arm, it's throbbing, and you're sort of like clutching down onto this table, and now it, these flame powers are just like bursting through you as you find yourself once more in this throne room with everyone. In one hand, you're clutching this map, 
that you were given. And you all see Kelsar has this map now in his hand. He didn't have it before. And in your other hand, you're holding on to your sword. Like you draw it out and the flames burst around it even brighter. And now the flames around your sword, whereas before I believe it was doing D6s of damage, they now do D8. Ooh, nice. And he lost one of his lives. Yeah, so you all see now as Kelsar turns around, uh, his eyes are all blue flame. Like it's looking out, it's just not turning off anymore. There's like steam coming off him in his armor. Yeah, like he's. Like, like he just traveled somewhere and he's back. It's perfect because uh, when I get my plastic Kelsar mini to paint, if I was climbing out painting, is I pure blue with like a blue wash around it, so it works. So now uh, your eyes are always on fire, just like how MZ's veins are glowing like this soft blue every now and then. And you see all the people just disappear one at a time on his hand until there's just Astoria sitting there. Kelsar, you, you're completely drained. You find yourself falling back onto your throne behind you. And then you see as Astoria, the, the image of her starts to become more and more realistic. It's almost like there's this hole that you're looking through in space. And it's showing Astoria is laying down in her bed. She is on the brink of becoming a corrupted. If she does... She will become one of the most powerful enemies you will face. Oh no, we don't want that. No, no. Uh, Boronon, step up, buddy. <laughs> if you wish, I can awaken her. But, as before, it will require one of your resurrections. And, it will require the life of someone else. Though, you shall not know who. It will not be one of you five here. Oh, let's hope it's Doram or Matthews. Come on. Yeah. I mean, it does a pretty <laughs> Got him. <laughs> we won the game, boys. Can I roll a d20 to pick who it is? <laughs> so it could be Borodon's father. He's, de- he's already dead. He'll be double dead, Borodon. Do you want that? Ronnie's daughter. It could, it could be, it could be like Bordon's brother. It could be the the shopkeeper, yeah, Ronnie's daughter. It could be. Oh, but it could be yeah. anyone. Anyone. It could be Lobax walking around with a, a giant warp drive Steve. in his chest, and his head blows up. Oh, could be Steve. Could be Matthews or Dora. Could be Matthews. It could yeah. be. Uh, uh, Lucas, are you going to roll for that, or do you have someone in mind? I got someone. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably someone we know, and it's probably important. Oh, but why? Why those like hard it's, decisions? It's Aaron Bordeaux. Yeah, maybe Aaron Bordeaux. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably gonna be like Elwin, so it's like barely gaining ground. Like the next most important person we know. Fuck. <laughs> Can you tell us? Lucas is writing that down. Like that's a good idea, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> It's Calstar's dog. No, I can't tell you. <coughs> oh no! Not Uhtred. But the <laughs> thing Kel'Thar is, like, too. it's still not really a selfish thing to try to resurrect the story, even if it kills someone else. Because that other person's just dead. They're not going to become like this fucking indomitable monster. That's right. They won't become a corrupted. I'll say that much. So, with that thought in mind, I'm going to place my hand on the pedestal. Okay. The Draxir, you walk up, 
you put your hand down, you see the pedestal, it like shifts and forms to be perfect for your hand. And you watch as all these little pieces pierce the bottom of your skin. The symbol on your hand starts going erratic and rippling up your arm. You're clutching down onto this, uh, this pedestal. And once more, you're in this area. It's all black. And you don't see anything around you. You've heard from other Chosen this has happened to them before when they died. And you watch as slowly the area around you just becomes like these giant cogs that are all just rotating and moving around. And you're standing in the middle of this cog that seems to just be floating in the sky. And across from you is Truth. Draxir. It has been a long time. It has seems you have given your life for another. Well, I thought we had to save a story. It seemed like the most important thing at the time. This is a wise choice. You know that this will be eating some of your soul. Yes, I understand, but we're strong. We'll make it through this. You still have a chance to make it back to your wife and children. I'll do everything I can to make sure that happens. What do you desire from your power? What if I could use it more to help people in need? Very well. You feel your hand is on there. This uh, symbol is twisting around, and you look down at your left hand, and suddenly this immense pain is going through it, and you watch as your hand becomes slowly mechanized all the way up to your shoulder. The symbol is still on it. And you are, like, in just immense pain. It's crippling you down to your knees. And you look as your hand, like, you're clutching at it. And then it opens up. And it looks like you have, like, surgical tools inside your hand and other tools that you could possibly use. And you're now proficient in the medicine skill. Oh, yeah. You can perform pretty, uh, pretty hardcore medicinal things if you need to. Like, you can remove things from people. You could amputate and all that and... Make sure that it's all done professionally. This knowledge is just flooding into your brain as you are just suddenly understanding all these different procedures that you've never even remotely had any information about. Oh my god, he's going to be house. Dr. Draxier, (laughs) MD. So you all watch as Draxier's hand is slowly and his arm is mechanicalized in front of all of you as he sort of like collapses down to one knee and the pedestal slowly goes away. And the image of Astoria just fades from his hand, and he moves his hand away from all of you. Now, you, my subjects, are all fighting in this war. But I have brought you here to give you more direction. I myself am not able to step into Abir Toral. There are restrictions and limits my powers. What you need to do is you need to put the blind idiot god back into his slumber. You cannot kill Azathoth. It is unkillable, much as any of these other beings, such as myself. To understand how you're to do this, You must see something that has already happened. Step into the shoes of 
others that have come before you, that have stepped into the far realm for different reasons, but awoke this ancient being. And you see these tentacles start forming up, and it almost forms like this giant orb-like TV that's in front of all of you. And these images start flickering on it and start appearing. Of course, Ronnie would ask a question about a freaking trade instead of something incredibly imperative to the story. Oh well, it was actually quite amusing. It was good, good fun. Ah, uh, where were we travel? Oh right, yes. So I was saying before, as you saw there at the end of the tale, it was about to drift into a, a story about Dorum and her adventuring crew. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're actually going to be having a little bit of a wonderful audio drama. So that's a, that's a scripted bit that we're having people read lines. We have all sorts of amazing people that are going to be g giving their voices for this. So I really hope you, you're all very eager for this because it's going to be amazing. And we're going to be dropping a little, little bit of lore on the Sacred Flame to help give some context to the tale. So you're like, ooh, that's cool. You know, just cool stuff like that. And if you're interested in more ballad lore, and you really like uh, some of the stuff, like some of the holiday season one-shots we've been doing, the rules for all of them, or, or maybe even other rules that we have, or the rule sets like mass combat, head on over to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash ballad7dice, and you'll see all sorts of audio goodies on there. We have extra lore episodes, one-shots, uh, so many good things on there, so hop on over to our Patreon and, and also any kind of support you can give really goes the extra mile. We always really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to be putting up some new fun lore things soon. Alright, travelers, well, I, I've been rambling for a bit, so I'm off on my merry way. I guess i got to return this nutcracker to Battle Bards. Ah, so late. All right, travelers, I bid you all adieu.